0: Welcome back to another episode of Chargers Powder Hour. Colin here with my boy Miles. How you doing, man?
1: Yeah, I'm, I'm doing good, man. Uh, it's a good day to be a Chargers fan. Got some big news that we're going to be talking about. Um, episode 26 out here. Uh, football season's almost here, so I'm, I'm happy, man. How you doing?
0: Doing good. Yeah, like you said, man, it was a great day to be a Chargers fan. Lots Lots and lots of stuff happening, lots of news, and just, just a great day to be a Padres fan. A positive news, you know, not, not a earth-shattering, devastating season. Hold up. Hold
1: up, you said good day to be a Padres fan. Is it a good day to be a Padres fan too?
0: Oh, shit. Did I say Padres? Said well, Padres. it is a good day to be a Padres fan. Is it? Uh, I
1: mean, Paltese is now out for a while. Hey, hey, we,
0: we won't dive into it. Sorry. I was literally checking my phone right before we started recording and got a no- notification that they'd won. So I apologize. It's a great day to be a Chargers fan and a Padres fan if you're a Padres fan. But I know we have a lot of Dodger fans as well as part of the Bolt family. So I don't want to dive too much into that. But yeah, man. Um, lots of positive news. Um heading heading into preseason game number two. Um, like you said, you know, joint practices with the Cowboys. We're gonna dive into all that, the highlights, maybe even some of the the lowlights of the day too. So um lots of stuff coming your way. Real quick before we get started though, one, what are you drinking? And two, you have an icebreaker for us, I heard.
1: You've got the icebreaker. Colin's the one that came up with it, so I'm going to let him say it. But um, All right, all right, all right. All right. Today, I am drinking a jalapeno pineapple Pilsner.
2: Um, Ooh, damn. I, I, bought them,
1: I bought them a few weeks ago. Um, I was doing a little beer review on them. There's the can crack for us. Oh, and nice. To say, I mean, they're good. But like I can only have like one at a time just because they're super heavy. Yeah. And I mean it's jalapeno. It does have a bit of a
0: kick to it. Um what's the ABV on it? Do you know? Does it say on the side?
1: Um 4.8.
0: Okay. And so it's it's it still is, pretty like on the lighter side. I mean it is from Omaha's Brickway Brewing.
1: Brewer brewery. I always struggle with that word, but yeah. So Brewery. brewery.
0: Yeah, I, I I couldn't pronounce my Rs when I was a kid, so that would have been a fucking doozy. But yeah, to so that's what least,
1: yeah. It's gonna sit like an absolute rock in my stomach, but only one of them I'll be all right. So
0: nice, man. Well, that's it's good to see you diving into uh, some some more variety. <laughs> it's actually <laughs> I just took my first sip, but it's actually it's pretty good. <laughs> I was gonna be like, watch it, big. Yeah, it's dog shit. Where's my cores Light at?
1: No, it's it's pretty honestly, this is also the only beverage I have in my fridge right now. So it was either this or a gallon of chocolate milk. So we'll <laughs> stick with the alcohol.
0: Gotcha, gotcha. Good stuff, man. Well, um I myself am drinking a nice ice cold Heineken. So I'm not a huge it. Heineken guy, but you know, it's it's been a while. I had a bad experience drinking Heineken, uh like late high school, early college. And may or may not have like puked for a good amount the next day, but it's a good beer. You know, it's uh well, what do we got here? Let me, let me check the label real quick. I'm trying to see if I can find the uh A B V five percent. So it's actually heavier than what you're drinking. But Oh wow. oh you're cool. Yeah, you know. I'll just just wanted to throw that out there, but no man. Right. Um, I'm just a little bit of yeah. the pills over here. Ready for this? Wait, wait for it, wait for it. There we go. There we go. I, I honestly right. don't
1: know that I've ever had a Heineken. You know, really? I've only I've only been twenty one for seven months now, because I never drank before I turned twenty one. I mean, never. Well, who would? Why would anyone do that? That's just a crime.
0: See, I I, I was the opposite. I feel like when I got to twenty one, like I needed a break. No, that's that's when I was
1: twenty. I didn't really want to turn twenty one because I thought, well, drinking legal is not going to be as fun but it's it's, so fun. No cops, it's, it's fun. fun like now you, get, <laughs> now you get to go more places but like it's kind of yeah. more fun when you do it rebelliously you know
0: it is it is yeah that was uh the thrill of getting caught right exactly it's just
1: that little bit of it's that little bit of uh adrenaline that gets pumping in you when you get a beer in you underage so
0: <laughs> i love it man well i do have an icebreaker for you and it's it's kind of i mean it's not the most exciting one in the world but um it's a good good thought provoking question for me at least what is your favorite super bowl that you have witnessed so okay. this is going to be this is going this question's going to hit different for different listeners and fans because some of us might have seen 30 super bowls and others might have only watched like a handful so that question is going to vary, but, um, yeah. What what about for yourself personally? What can you can you think of a favorite Super Bowl that you've watched?
1: Well, I can tell you what my favorite Super Bowl will be in the future, and that will be this upcoming year when the Chargers take it home. But uh, my favorite Super Bowl from the past that I can remember—see, the first two that came to mind was any time a divisional rival got beat down. So that would be the when the Broncos lost to the Seahawks and when the Chiefs lost to the Bucks, But those games were slaughters. I had a, a, a few games that came to mind about the Super Bowl. Anytime a team that I hate, especially in the past, Broncos and Chiefs lose, I, I, love, I love seeing that. But those games kind of suck. So the game, the probably most underrated game that I remember vividly watching that I really loved was the Niners and Ravens. Um, when they had the, uh, power outage and then there was the Jacoby Jones, 108 yard kickoff yeah. return. That was a really um, good Super Bowl, Yeah. And that was like one of Kaepernick's like last seasons. I believe, bl- yep. or like when he was in his prime for sure.
0: Yeah. Um, that was prime, prime Kaepernick.
1: And it was the battle of the Harbaugh brothers. So, yes, it was. And Joe Flacco's elite. So there's just a lot of things that, that go into how much I like that Super Bowl. And I was rooting for the Ravens, and they won. Yeah. Um, I used to hate the Niners for some reason. I don't know why, but I used to just despise the 49ers. I don't really care anymore. But
0: The only thing great. I hate about that Super Bowl is the fact that we have to live with the fact that Joe Flacco won a ring and Phillip Rivers didn't. Everything else yeah. about that Super Bowl was great. Like like you said, like it was a great game, great matchups. There's a hardball bowl. Beyonce at halftime. I mean, come on, like it had all everything going for it. But now looking back on it from like a historical point of view, it's like fuck, man. And yeah, and that that Ravens defense,
1: you know, had Ray Lewis, Terrell Suggs, Ed Reed. Um, yeah, dude, they, were, they were loaded. So I would I would go with that one. A really underrated yeah, that's one.
0: Solid. That that's definitely up there in my top Super Bowls. Um, I don't know. I'd have to if I if I thought about it more, I could probably put together like a complete like list, and it, I'm sure it would be yeah. up towards the top. But uh, my favorite Super Bowl, just based off like favorite Super Bowl, but also like one of my favorite games that I've really ever watched in the NFL, and like how can you not put Tom Brady, New England comeback, you know, down twenty eight three against Atlanta. That was just an insane second half. Like that. That's one of those games. Like forget Super Bowls. That's one of those games that you just like. You, you, like. There's probably only a a couple like every NFL season that are that like intent Well, like one, it's the fucking Super Bowl, so everything's like intensified times a thousand. But just like what a game, like instant classic. Even if it wasn't you know a playoff game, Super Bowl game, it just the. The final two or three minutes of that game, and then and then the overtime—like it's insane. I watched it at a at a like a Super Bowl party, and it was just crazy to be like in the atmosphere with people just fucking going nuts. Like no one, like no one, like no one there was a Pats fan or a, a Falcons fan, but everyone was just losing their shit over the fact that Tom Brady was slowly coming back to win this thing. As so a that for me, that's that's my favorite. Yeah,
1: that's that's a good one. The only reason I didn't choose that one is because I was upset with the outcome. I really <laughs> I would have way rather the Falcons had just blown him out than you know Tom coming yeah. back. But again, that was one of the greatest games I've ever watched, also. So yeah, that's a that was a great Super Bowl.
0: That was a good one. Um I would say a close close second for me, honorable mention would be I really I liked like the the Nine or no not Niners, the Cardinals, Steelers. I think it was oh nine.
1: I thought of that one, but I don't I don't remember I don't know that I watched that. I think I was too young. I don't really even remember that Super Bowl. That's but just like looking back on the highlights, the game looked insane.
0: Yeah, that was a fun one to watch. So there's definitely there's there's been a there's been a lot of great ones, man. Um like you said, hopefully the Chargers, you know, are are there soon possibly this year. I mean, they got the roster to do it. So, um, you know, these are all our, our favorites until the chargers appear in one and win one. Cause then that will ultimately take the number one spot. So, so we go, we go on if they make it. I don't know, man. I have you heard of like my, like my, uh, mindset yeah, about yeah, that.
1: We, we, talk, we talked about that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah.
0: I'll go to, I'll, I'll go to the parade and uh, I'll go party with the team. And the fans, and just get blackout drunk in L.A. Um, when they do win it. But I don't know. That's that. That's it, it. Depends on where it's at, who they're playing. Like, I would love to go, but man, ticket prices for the, the know, Super Bowl man. are absolutely you could fucking just go insane. And tailgate. What could just go and tailgate? Yeah, that I've thought about that too. That would be a lot of fun, just to be in whatever city is hosting uh the super bowl would be would be insane especially if your teams there like yeah that would be a blast so possibly yeah i could i could definitely see myself doing that
1: yeah for sure i guess we'll we'll wait till uh january to make those plans so
0: <laughs> right all right sounds good cool man well um yeah let let's go ahead and uh dive into some of the news um and, and real quick before we do um well for those of you that are living under a rock or or just waking up out of a coma and are are learning about it for the first time. Derwin James, the Chargers news of the day for sure. I mean, the joint practice was great. There's a lot that we're going to talk about, um, a lot to to come out of that. But without a doubt, Derwin James signing a a four-year, $76.5 million extension um, to lock him up for the next four seasons and make him the highest paid safety of all time. Hands down, news of the day. And we actually this is a very big moment on the podcast as well because we have our very first official guest on the podcast, Lucas Coronado. He is an NFL writer for bellyupsports.com and a co-host of football of the footballitical podcast. So he's here with us today to talk Derwin James Extension, to talk Derwin James, and just to talk about anything else chargers related that you want to talk about so lucas are you there my man
2: yep nice
0: I hope. well hey welcome to the show you, man, man. Um, uh, glad that we finally got you on we've been bugging you about it for a little bit so i'm glad you finally uh made some time for us
2: yep thanks for having me man i listen to every episode usually as soon as it comes out whenever i can wow Look at that! He's he's a dedicated, dedicated, dedicated the listener. Game.
1: There we go, uh, Lucas. Let's just let's just uh, right off the bat. Um, I guess let's bring him in. What is your what's your favorite? Before we get into a uh, Derwin James news, what's your favorite Super Bowl that you've witnessed?
2: Oh, for oh, yeah. me, probably the one. I think 07, where Giants spoiled the Patriots' perfect season. Ooh, that was another good one. The, helmet, the catch.
1: Tyree helmet catch, yeah,
0: that's a Eli. good one. Yeah, that was the the first of two, right? Yeah, yeah. No, that was a. I think I was like sixth or seventh grade, so that was. I definitely re- remember watching that one. I remember watching the Giants lose. I was like at a sports bar, a couple weeks earlier, like the last was like week eighteen or seventeen, whatever it was. And the Giants played the Patriots, like, in the regular season finale. And the Patriots just fucking obliterated them. And then seeing, like, the Giants just a couple weeks later come back and, and beat them and win the whole thing, that was insane.
2: Yeah. And, yeah, for me, it's just the spoiling of the perfect season is what got me on that. And then the helmet catch was just one of the best moments in history, IMO, in my opinion.
0: Yeah no definitely yeah iconic iconic catch for sure so yeah that's hey there we go that was those were two other super bowls that i'd kind of forgotten about so good stuff man well jumping back into the derwin james news um just wanted to get your thoughts on it real quick and and for those that don't know uh you're not necessarily a chargers fan uh nfl fan for sure
2: who is well who is your nfl team who do you root for is it the bears um yeah bears are who i've liked since okay i was young i guess chargers are probably my second favorite now gotcha i just like a lot of their players really
0: yeah i was like i didn't know for sure i I figured it was the bears uh just from based off what i've seen on twitter but um yeah no this is good man just to get a you know non-charger well you know somewhat of a non-chargers fan's opinion on the derwin james signing i mean chargers fans everywhere are, are going nuts and rightfully so um one what are your initial uh reactions about the deal and two did you do you think the Chargers got a good value um in the deal a at, at little over 19 million a year for for Derwin James
2: yeah um well first I guess well he is one of my favorite players in the league probably the best safety in the league maybe that might be biased I guess since he's my favorite but um <laughs> He does do pretty much everything on the defense, so I do think that was a steal as well for the Chargers for getting him. You said, yeah, just over nineteen million, and the next yep. highest paid is eighteen point two for Minka. And I think what Derwin brings is just even more. I thought it'd be around twenty one, twenty two million a year. So I feel like oh, they really? Saved thought- a little bit there.
0: You thought it would be as high as twenty one or twenty two.
2: Yeah, I did just cause I thought they'd beat the market by just a little bit more than the 1 million pretty much they did.
0: Well, yeah. And it's interesting too, right? Um, you know, I was reading a little bit more on Twitter today that, you know, not only did he reset the, the market at, at the safety position, you know, obviously being the highest paid safety of all time now, um, now, there's I've seen a little few rumblings about you know how like what that could possibly do for the current safety market. I know Jesse Bates is still one of those guys out there that you know he's looking to get paid, and it doesn't at this point seem like the Bengals will re sign him. Um, is there a chance in the next do you see anyone in the next two one to two seasons? beating this deal or or getting more than than Derwin's getting paid? Because I think for me, that's like the, you know, what's this going to do for the market now?
2: Yeah. um, I'm not really sure who's uh, expiring, I guess, at the safety position. But I would probably say yes, just because anyone that's usually in the top three to five conversation will usually does end up resetting the market like we saw with, DeAndre Hopkins a couple years ago, and Tyreek this year. Um, Obviously, both can't be the best receiver in the league, but they were being paid like it, or are being paid like it. Right.
0: Yeah. Miles, your thoughts on... Well, yeah, same questions. What are your your thoughts on the uh, initial signing? I mean, I know you're stoked, but uh, what do you think about the value and... uh, you know, what do you think about the, the safety market?
1: Yeah, um, obviously, kind of like Lucas, I'm extremely biased. Um, but I think Derwin James is maybe a top 10 player talent-wise in the NFL. Just the things that he does on the defensive side of the ball. I mean, he literally ta- he can take a whole position out of the game if you wanted to when like, you're playing guys like Travis Kelsey tight ends are non-existent in any other team's scheme. So his value to this defense and his value to – Brandon Staley's scheme in general. And, I mean, we've even talked about Derwin, how he's like a recruiter. J.C. Jackson wouldn't be on this team if Derwin um, didn't, you know, talk to him about coming to L.A. and teaming up with him. So, um, yeah, Derwin just brings a lot of – he brings a lot of talent on the field and off the field. He just – he's a – really, he's a humble guy. He's a family guy. He's He's somebody – he's just a great dude. So, a guy that was an absolute must-resign. Had to get him his new contract. Obviously – outside of his 2 years of being um second first team all pro he's been a little banged up which i know that scares a lot of people but when he's on the field you just can't ignore the talent that's there and the skills that he possesses so i i liked i honestly would have given him a blank check and just had him fill it out himself i think that's what we need to do with Justin Herbert in the coming years you know um so yeah um let's see yeah you just said just over 19 mil I was thinking I was thinking twenty something, lower twenties, kinda like Lucas, so definitely cool with just over nineteen. Um and that's kind of a luxury you get when you have a star quarterback on a rookie deal still. So
0: Oh hundred percent. Yeah, no, that's you, you nailed it with that, and that's that was a point that is actually gonna bring up. So glad you did. Um yeah, I mean, all of this is possible for the simple fact that Justin Herbert still on a rookie deal. You know, when you absolutely hit your first round quarterback pick out of the park, it allows you to be as aggressive as the Chargers have been this offseason. I mean, locking up, I mean, the the additions they got this offseason are very, very big and and splashy and not something that Chargers fans are necessarily used to. But, you know, more importantly, they've, they've locked up, you know, the core of this team, not just like this the defense or the offense, but really the the core of the team, they've, you know, done a great job, Tom Telesco and company of locking them up for, you know, an extended period of time and really, you know, maximizing this window that the chargers are currently in. I mean, you talk about guys on deals now, you know, like JC Jackson's locked up Derwin James, um, you know, guys like, I mean, Rashawn Slater's still on his rookie deal. Justin Herbert's going to get paid. Keenan Allen's locked up Mike Williams. I mean, huge key components both on the offensive side on the defensive side you know they're Joey Bosa throwing him in there um they're taken care of so that's that's really refreshing to see and uh as a Chargers fan it just you know it, it feels good knowing that those guys are going to be here for a while
1: yeah that's one thing that I do love about being a Chargers fan is we see the the, the potential and like the dudes that they've drafted I mean Like you mentioned, Joe Bosa, Justin Herbert, Mike Williams, Keenan Allen, now Derwin James are all people that have gone on and gotten a second contract from the Chargers. Obviously, Rashawn Slater is most likely going to become another one of those guys. So um, shout out to Lesko for just his job um, with drafting. Definitely a very underrated drafter outside of that number 99 guy that we do not speak about. But, um, you know, even Michael Jordan missed a shot every once in a while. So it's all right. That's, That's all right But um, so I got a quick, I got one more question for Lucas regarding Derwin. Uh, Lucas, no, just knowing you through the years, I know that you do a lot better job than me. Um, you're a lot more experienced at like analyzing film or just being able to like look at a defense and see how they're lining up, who's going to be on who. So like, what what kind of what does Derwin bring to the table on that? you know side of football that is just like it's not it's almost not even teachable like it's almost instinct wise what are if you could elaborate on like some of the things that he brings to the table in that sense of football i would love to hear it
2: yeah i mean i think he can bring more than any other safety in the league honestly um just with the versatility he has i mean we've seen clips of him guarding receivers just one-on-one pretty much as a corner and then, obviously, they use him in a number of positions as well. So I think he – just his size and talent and just athleticism really make – like pulls him apart from everyone else in the league at the safety position at least.
1: So how do you think – how do you think that translates to like – I know that you're a big Staley guy too. I know you love the hiring. How do you think that translate to fit his scheme – the way that it does?
2: um, I feel like he could be the guy that kind of moves around. He could be that safety that is deep, but he can also play in like slot receivers or tight ends and pretty much lock them up. Like you said, Um, like Kelsey last year, we've seen him pretty much just shut him down. One of the best tight ends in the league receiving wise, at least. And, yeah, uh they did just draft JT Woods. I know you've talked about him. And um, yeah, we'll see how they use him, Adderley and James, if they are all on the field at the same time at some point. Would you
1: would you consider Derwin a guy that's probably like scheme free? Like when I say scheme free, like it doesn't really matter what kind of scheme he's in, he's gonna be able he's gonna succeed to his highest potential.
2: Yeah, I think so, because not a a lot of safeties, at least, are like that, let alone players on defense um, in general. But like I said, he could play the deep, um, one of the deep halves, or just lock up any receiver, really, or at least slot receiver or tight end with his size to play tight ends, even. Well, and...
0: I think too, one of the unique things about Derwin is, you know, and this is like, I love talking about this either like on Twitter or just with whoever, you know, it may be talking to NFL, um, you know, people that don't necessarily follow the Chargers or or really know about Derwin James. I mean, you have, you have to remember, like he's kind of had a lot of time that he's missed already just in his first couple of NFL seasons. And unfortunately, because of that, it's really kind of put a, a blanket on him and and he doesn't get the national recognition that I feel like he should or that he at least deserves. Um, But I love talking to people who, you know, their argument is, you know, oh, the Chargers overpaid. You know, he only had X amount of interceptions last year. And, and and like, they're looking at him from like a specific, like a sole, like safety, like a standard safety. And it's like, he brings so much more to the table. I mean, he, he can rush the quarterback. He can play corner. Um, you know, he can cover tight ends. He can play linebacker. You, know, you can, you know, move him around in the box. Um, so, I guess, what would you say to those people that want to make that argument that the Chargers one overpaid, and two that you know he's he's not a top three safety because he doesn't have uh, you know as many maybe PBUs or uh, you know interceptions as, as other top safeties.
2: Um. Yeah, I'd say. I mean, box score, like the stats don't show everything, especially for DBs because a lot of them do get a lot of picks. Like we've seen Trayvon Diggs even last year, but a lot of times if you're like a lockdown guy, you really don't get targeted even. Plus, yeah, Derwin, like you said, does rush and feel like he does uh, really well against the run too when he's asked yeah. to do so. Um That's another thing with his size as well. He can pretty much shed blocks from even O-linemen. So, yeah. And then, like you said earlier, the intangibles, like the leadership kind of thing, and like the recruiting with JC Jackson and everything, I think that's huge even um, like from a micro uh, perspective on the team. Um, he just keeps everyone going, I guess. Natural
1: born leader for sure. So,
0: so yeah, it's so clear. I mean, that he's, you know, Brandon Staley, I think a couple of times just either this week or the last couple of weeks has mentioned or said, you know, that he's the heartbeat of the defense. He is, you know, the motor he's, he's the guy that makes everything else work. And um, yeah, I mean, I think it's pretty evident. I mean, it's so, you know, it would have been so easy to hold out instead of hold in. Right. Um, You know, just wait at home you know, user leverage, you know, it, it, we see it every off season guys doing it. Right. So the fact that he's holding in and still wanted to be in the building with the guys and, uh, you know, I just, it, it doesn't get much better than that from a leadership standpoint. All right. Any other, uh, miles, Lucas, any other thoughts on, uh, Derwin James? Oh, miles, you did say you had a couple of questions about, uh, Herbert for Lucas
1: yeah just just while we got you on here you know uh Chargers podcast like I mentioned uh Derwin James was a big um you're big on Derwin James coming out of school coming out of Florida State um Justin Herbert another guy you were huge on I can speak for Colin and I neither one of us were very huge on him and we have since completely eaten our words so um what are some like what were the intangibles coming out of Oregon that you saw that made you think like, all right, yeah, this dude is going to be, he's going to be legit?
2: Um, Really what stood out was, well, first, I guess his profile with his size being 6'5", around 220 coming out of college. And uh, the way he moved as well just proved his athleticism. And yeah, his arm was kind of... Pretty insane. One of the best I had seen um, throughout my time, I guess, really watching college at all. And other than that, I didn't really know how he was, like, personality-wise. But now that I do more, I feel like that's kind of a plus, just being, like, a lead-by-example kind of guy, not too flashy or anything like that. And... Yeah, he was one dude I really liked out of college, as well as um, Derwin. I was actually surprised he fell to the Chargers, which is one of the reasons Chargers are one of my favorite teams now, even. Yeah,
1: Yeah. hell yeah, dude. For sure. You should just uh, hop on the bandwagon full-time, get that bear sticker from the back of your car removed, and throw in a lightning bolt, man.
0: Dude, you might as well. Honestly, like no one's going to judge you if you do at this point. I mean, it's It's a great time to join. Um, We still have the best unis in the league. The Bolt fam is growing by the minute, literally. So all the cool kids are doing it.
1: Yeah, for sure. Um, I would say one last thing before we get you out of here that I just want to ask you. What are your year three expectations for Justin Herbert? And overall, what are your expectations for the Chargers this year? And if you want to throw in your Bears expectations, go for it. I'm sure that the people want to know. So.
2: Um, well, I think the Chargers got a shot at the Super Bowl. I really do hope they win it. I do like the Bills as well. I feel like they're really close, and we've seen how close they have been, um, 13 seconds even. But, um, yeah, and Herbert, I think MVP probably this year. Maybe Josh Allen takes it. Um. I don't really see anyone else taking that. I feel like uh, Mahomes without uh, Hill, Mahomes without Tyreek Hill won't produce as he has in the past, honestly. So Herbert does have a shot at it, especially with uh, Mike, I guess, uh, signing that extension as well. And the Bears, I don't expect too much. Tanking, hopefully, for one of their receivers next year. Will Anderson, man. Or yeah, Will Anderson.
0: What's a what's a realistic finishing record that you think the Chargers could could finish with? I mean, I know you said it's Super Bowl aspirations, but uh, putting you on the spot here, do you have do you have a regular season wins loss prediction? Um, and if they win the division or not?
2: I'd say I I listened to the one where you guys predicted. Um. I forgot what you guys said though, but I'd say honestly and I haven't really seen their schedule either. But in that hard division, I'd say probably 11 or 12. And wins and really in any other division, I'd probably say 13 would be really realistic honestly. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I think I think I might have said 11 and 7 and or 11 and 6 and I think Miles might have been 12 and 5.
1: That sounds right. I I have lofty goals. So
0: <laughs> but I mean, yeah, I think that 11 to 12 win range is definitely where I like I see them uh ending up, so yeah, hopefully they uh you know can can get there.
2: Yeah, I really do think that is realistic. Um pretty much as long as they stay healthy, I don't think they're losing under 10, maybe even 11 games.
0: Yeah, I think so too. I think and yeah, if they stay healthy and take care of the teams that they should take care of business against, um, I don't see them losing definitely don't see them being under five hundred and definitely don't see them um you know winning less than, than ten games. So I think we uh we're pretty on par with that. But uh um any other questions for, for Lucas Miles?
1: Yeah, we got our fantasy draft. Who are you drafting number one overall this year, man? If you got the number one
2: if you got the one overall pick. Jonathan Taylor. But um anything after that, I gotta go with Saquon, even though it probably it definitely doesn't make what? sense. I'll go with my favorite player.
0: I will say that I I picked eighth in my uh in one of my leagues that I drafted last weekend and I got Jamar Chase eighth. And I got Debo at like eleven or twelve because it snaked back. So not too bad, I guess. We'll see how it goes.
1: Yeah, yeah. and uh, just real quick uh, for any of our listeners that are located in Nebraska, uh, catch Lucas doing his punishment from last year <laughs> uh, downtown Lincoln Friday night. Um, he's got to be. He's going to be playing the recorder downtown, trying to raise twenty bucks in front of everybody. So catch up It
0: was it the fantasy football punishment. Yeah. Nice. You had to, you had to go play the recorder and, and be like a street performer, like have your little hat out <laughs> as people like dump quarters and dollars into it.
2: Yes, sir. I will be downtown. Is it? Yeah. Somewhere around there and playing some You're jams on, on the quarter for getting last. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's great, man.
0: Yeah. We, uh, we'll have to come up with something in the, in the chargers and uh, the powder hour fantasy uh, league. So, well, Hey man, uh we appreciate having you on. It was, it was good to talk chargers football with you. Talk Derwin James, Justin Herbert. And uh yeah, man, we'll, we'll have to do this again soon. Um Unfortunately, the chargers don't play the bears this year, but I'm sure we'll uh we'll find some time to have you on and uh, talk, talk football.
2: Yep. And that's probably a good thing that they don't play, but, um, yeah, thanks for having me as well. It was a blast being here with you and Miles.
1: <laughs> I was waiting for Miles to say something. The violence, there we go. But uh, yeah, thanks for coming on, man. I'll see you
2: Friday night. So, All right. Sounds good. See you later, Lucas. Yep. Thanks for having me once again. All right. Good stuff, man. Um, yeah, I was, I was
0: waiting for you to say something as he was hopping off. And I was waiting like,
1: for you to say something, but yeah, it's all right.
0: Uh, funny, funny. All right, man. Moving on. Um, and other Chargers-related news, because it was a very eventful day in, in uh, Chargers world, but uh, the first joint practice today with the Cowboys. And overall, I would say it's it was a success. And... Just wanted to highlight the day kind of um real quick before I do highlight the day. Um injury notes uh to kind of roll through real quick. So guys back on the field um include Nick Neiman, Trey McKitty, and Drew Tranquil. They were all back on the field today. So um, you know, it's good to see get to, oh, and uh and Mark Webb was back on the field as well. I think I forgot to write him down, but I did see him back out there. So that is good news. And on the opposite side of that, um, we got some guys that were not practicing today. So those guys include Joe Reed, Tavon Campbell, Damon Lloyd, Ty Shelby, and Donald Parham. So not a terrible injury report for it being what is this now? Week two, week three of camp?
1: Yeah, no, not not at all. And a lot of those guys that you mentioned, it's just kind of again precautionary stuff nothing serious i know parham limped off that uh, i think it was two weeks ago but um staley mentioned something about how he expected him back in two or three weeks so i would be expecting parham to be back and other news i don't think he mentioned um released today staley said that he expects kenneth murray to join practice next monday
0: yes thank you for throwing that in there so that just came out uh, that was after practice, I believe, that came out.
1: Yeah, that was right before we started recording. I just saw that. So, hopefully, you know, get him back on the field, especially. We, he's somebody that we definitely need practicing, getting a little yeah. bit more familiar with the scheme, somebody that needs to be taking a step up. But
0: now, here's something here's something to kind of think about, I, I suppose, with Kenneth Murray returning. Um, you know, yes, he's, you know, it's, good news that he's finally gotten that ankle taken care of. And I know that played a huge role in his, you know, rough season last year, but we have to kind of remember, you know, he, this is a guy that confidence wise was kind of shot towards the end of last year. I know the injury probably played into that obviously, but is this a guy that we, I mean, what, what benefits, what benefits are there by rushing him back? I know uh, his timetable is matching up, Um, you know, when when Staley was asked about a timetable, he said four to six weeks, and this is about week five, I want to say. Um, since then, so that timetable matches up, and it's not like they're they're trying to rush him back. But going forward from here, uh, what's your opinion on? I mean, do you? Because I'm almost like, man, all right, he gets back, you know, he's not going to be in football shape. He's going to have to get in shape, um, so he can spend the next couple weeks doing that. But then. Do you, you know, do you put him on like a? I don't think you put him on the IR, but like, do you have him maybe sit out a game or two, those first couple games, and and get back up to speed before you throw him back out there at at middle linebacker?
1: Yeah, I think that's just kind of something that only time will tell. You know, if he's, if he gets back to practice and he's only looking like a shell of his old self, then yeah, definitely be cautious with him. one thing that i do love about this coaching staff is they any little hiccup any little injury they're extremely cautious about it leads to guys not missing too many games so it wouldn't be the worst thing in the world if he were to have to sit out a game or two but again i think that's just going to be kind of one of those things where we're not going to know fully until he gets back on the field see how he's reacting to you know his his how his ankles feeling out on the field and then kind of go from there So.
0: Yeah, no, it was just a quick thought of mine. Um and I, I wish the best for the guy. You know, I just know I and I hope he can turn turn it around from last season. Um had an okay rookie year, but really struggled last year. So um hopefully he gets back to practice relatively soon and and then, you know, can um can get back into 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 live games. But uh going over the highlights of the day for for the first joint practice, um I think that you know the first highlight that that really stood out to me, um, you know, and and a lot of these do come on the defensive side. The defense had a great first day of joint practice, Um, but Michael Davis going out and snagging two interceptions today. um, He has really come on strong, especially even just since the preseason game uh, last Saturday, you know, he's Brandon Staley actually said today, um, you know, that he has kind of come back into that CB two conversation um and he, he's he's competing with you know asante samuel jr which i thought was very interesting i think all you know every chargers fan up till about you know a week ago or even a couple of days ago you know i thought that was that position was kind of locked down so um but this is the part of camp where you know guys start to separate themselves and really start to show up you know we're seeing live reps against um you know good competition so michael davis balling out um good to see
1: yeah 100 percent. i've always been high on michael davis i know he had a down year last year but the the physical intangibles have always been there it's always been i feel like with michael davis his struggles have always just come with little things like just not getting his like being in great position but just not getting his head around in time or his hands hands or maybe other guys in the secondary just you know fucking up the whole scheme and then he's the one that gets burnt and it's really not his fault to be blamed for it when he doesn't have a too high safety or something along those lines so i i, yeah. I am really happy to see that michael davis is doing he's always been a guy that i've rooted for you know there's some yeah there's some dudes that come out and you're just like well this guy just doesn't have it like just straight up i don't really have much faith in him. But Michael Davis has always been a guy that I've had a lot of faith in that I've liked for quite a while. And I'm happy you brought up uh, ASJ. I know a lot of people – we didn't even talk about this after the preseason game, I don't believe. But a lot of people were kind of low on Asante Samuel Jr. after the preseason game. He had that one bad PI. We saw a few bad PIs out of him last year. Yeah, Penalties in the preseason aren't really anything to be too concerned about. If anything that gives them, you know, some that gives them a line to show them where they need yeah. to improve upon or who needs to be more disciplined, and that's things that will get figured out. You know, ASJ is still a young player; he'll get it figured out. You know, it's it's not gonna happen overnight. We saw some great flashes from him last year. Um, he's still gonna continue to grow into the player that we need him to be. I believe. But again, I think maybe even the emergence of Michael Davis will be good for a guy like Asante Samuel, you know, maybe put a little bit more weight on his shoulders and show him that this job isn't quite his yet. And it's, you know, like we said, iron iron sharpens iron. When you got two guys competing for that second CB2 job, who knows what's going to happen? It's going to make both players better, in my opinion. So I guess we'll just see what happens.
0: Yeah, no, that... I mean, I love the way you put that. And I I think people are easy to forget, you know, Michael Davis, you know, in his, his story, I mean, he came on 2017 undrafted free agent, you know, had a great first couple of years earning playing time coming up through the, the ranks of the special teams and kind of establishing himself as a corner on this team, um, has a breakout 2020 season and gets rewarded, you know, gets paid three years, $25 million contract and uh i mean s- deservingly so right and then you know change of scheme change of staff um he kind of had to you know reinvent himself really after he had found a stride with an organization and you know a, a defense and and Gus Bradley and and everything there so uh you know Vato is always you know striking me as a as a sharp guy as a quick learner and I think he's really, you know, starting to kind of benefit from Staley's defense and, and his teachings. So, um, you know, I'm really excited for Michael Davis this season. I think he can have a, a, a more of a bounce back year from last year and, and even, you know, get more comfortable with this scheme and really find his place. Um, he's definitely an outside corner. I think everyone knows that he's long, but he's fast and he's, um, you know, he, he's, he's quick twitch. So, um, it's good to see him competing for a a CB2 position. And yeah, you know, I think as talented as Asante Samuel Jr. is, you know, it's always good to, uh, to have that competition. It's going to make you a better football player, but it's also going to make you a better professional. And I think when you get that early on in your career, um, it only makes you a better player later on. So, um, yeah, uh, Defense, like I said, highlight of the day, really, Um, because the next highlight that I had um, came on a two-minute drill. Um, The Cowboys run offense, and on third down, Khalil Mack gets into the backfield on a beautiful move, creates pressure on on Dak Prescott. Um, He dumps it off to Ezekiel Elliott, bounces off his hands, and into the hands of Kyle Van Noy for an interception. Um, If you haven't seen the play, I believe it's like all over Chargers socials. Um, it's a great play. The uh, chargers completely shut down the, the two minute drive for the Cowboys um, in two plays.
1: Yeah. hundred um, percent. And that, I mean, Van Noy made the pick, but he's not the one that made the play. Khalil Mack is absolutely like now that I'm seeing him, you know, get these practice reps and he was going along, he was going with Tyron Smith, who has been one of the better tackles, one of the probably top five tackle in the league for years now. Um, he just straight muffled him. And did a little bit of a his his bend is ridiculous. He got he got around yeah. him with ease, and that was able to get somebody somebody got their hand on the ball, and it landed in Van Noy's hands. But like Khalil Mack is insane, dude. I'm just so excited because like in the past we've seen people triple teaming Joey Bosa, allowing yeah. him to not get to the rusher. So now what now what our team is going to do when you have both those guys coming from? each side that just makes me so excited to see what they're going to do to their car week one. I just, I literally cannot yeah. wait.
0: Well, both those guys coming on the outside and then something that I think, it, I mean, obviously we, it was a big splash when we signed these guys, but I still think it's somewhat underrated is just how much the interior pass rush is going to help the guys on the outside. Uh, you know, guys like Sebastian Joseph day, Austin Johnson, um, Braden Faheco, Christian Covington, Right. Uh, Morgan Fox, like I'm really excited to see those guys in action paired up with, you know, Derwin James and Joey Bosa on the outside because I think people underestimate, you know, what that's gonna do for for the guys. I mean when they when you just create havoc in the middle, um, it just you know, it lets those guys on the outside just feast. So that's another reason why I'm super excited. But yes, just to have, you know, two elite guys on, on both sides, it's it's something that Chargers haven't really had for a while. Maybe the, the Sean Merriman and uh, Sean Phillips days.
1: Yeah, we've always had, especially in the Joey Bosa days, we've always had, you know, Joey and then someone that was serviceable, like Uchenna, yeah. but... Like, or these are Melvin. Two, or, yeah, I guess Melvin Ingram. Yeah, Melvin Ingram would be above serviceable, but still, like, these are two dudes that are, like, have experience being all pro in their respective divisions. I mean, Mack even has a defensive player of the year. So yeah, it's just, it's, it's going to be scary to see what they do.
0: Yeah. So, I mean, just that was probably the highlight of the day for me, but um, yeah, just, it's great to see the defense starting to really mold and gel together. The next highlight that I had also came on the defensive side. And this is uh, the rookie, Safety JT Woods um, had a forced fumble hit on you know Cowboys tight end Dalton Schultz. Uh, it came on a reception from Dak Prescott to Schultz um, over the middle, and JT Woods came flying in, laid down a hit, ball comes loose. Um, so immediately, I mean, I think you got to you got to admire the fact that this kid is. I mean, he is reading things right, and I think he's you know, starting to really like his progressions on defense are are already there. I think there's just a few things that he, he can kind of clean up, but I mean, it's, it's, it's great to see that physicality, you know, especially um, in camp and in, in joint practices. I think that brings it out of guys. So um, I know I read on Twitter that the entire chargers uh, sideline erupted when the ball came out. So yeah, man, good, good on the rookie uh, making plays, especially, you know after a couple of rough plays and moments in the uh in the first preseason game
1: yeah and we saw that we saw that kind of range in that preseason game he did have that pick that was called back because of a pass interference i know we mentioned that but um there was another play that he made earlier today maybe it wasn't today but it just sounds like he just yeah kind of like basically summing up he just fly he flies around to the ball he was a track star Baylor he's got that speed he definitely has the intangibles um I think it, as right now it's just kind of more getting used to faster pace of the game you know NFL's a massive step up from college so just kind of again like joint yeah. especially for rookies these joint practices going against different teams are so good and that's only going to help them develop into what we need them to do in the future so
0: yeah yeah 100 percent. Yeah, so I'm excited to see what he looks like, you know, once he's, you know, gotten some more coaching and and it it's just he's gonna get better every game, every rep, and unfortunately you you can't make those strides until you're in those situations. So I'm um, excited to see kind of how he grows over the the course of his rookie season. Um, and then the last big highlight that I really had, and uh, feel free to throw any in here if I've missed any, uh, but Justin Herbert being Justin Herbert, surprise, surprise through a beautiful ball, a dime to Jalen Guyton down the sideline. Um, it was in one. I can't remember if it was in one-on-ones or 11 on 11. I think it was just one-on-ones. Um, but yeah, just a a dime to Jalen Guyton, um, dropped it in the bucket. And, uh, I mean, it's really no surprise. It's just, I'm still in awe of the guy. I mean, the, the throws he makes and how effortless they look. Um, yeah, just can't wait to see it for real come September eleventh.
1: Uh, yeah, for sure. I'm I'm rewatching that highlight here real quick. Yeah, it was just one on one. He beat it wasn't Trey it wasn't Trayvon Diggs. It was twenty four. I'm not sure who that is. Maybe it's It might be Scandrick if he's even still in the league. But yeah, he had that one, and then he also had uh he had a nice dot to Austin Eckler down the field. I think he just ran a little wheel route coming out of the backfield and dropped it to him on a dime over Anthony Barr. So yep.
0: yeah, I did see that um, one. Oh, yeah, and Justin another river highlight river. that I almost forgot about, wanted to throw it in here. DeAndre Carter had a beautiful double move to beat, uh, I believe it was Trayvon Diggs on one-on-ones. So that was a rep that he won. Um, DeAndre Carter continues to impress in camp. He's had a nice camp. Um, I don't believe we'll see him at all in the preseason, really. So he's really a lock. Um, to make the roster, and I think, I think he's he's squarely in position to win the the wide receiver four position, uh, which which means Jalen Guyton would probably, as of now, I mean, still have a couple of preseason games to go, but I mean, I I think uh I think Carter, in my opinion, is is starting to kind of separate himself um for that position.
1: Yeah, a hundred percent. You know, watch out for Michael Bandy, though. All I am saying, uh, it sounded like he another highlight. Yeah. He, he broke a dude today. I heard.
0: Just straight, I, I saw that you know, as well. Uh, Brandon, I, didn't, I little, haven't seen any footage of it, but I didn't
1: see the video, but I saw a tweet. I think it was another one of those little whip routes, and just straight took a guy's yeah. ankles into his possession. So that one. I am really then excited.
0: I am really Sorry, excited. We'll have to maybe maybe for the next episode we we can uh, work on a roster prediction. Um, Well, actually, let's wait till after the preseason game, but um, so yeah, maybe like next episode after the preseason game, we can do, um, you know, our full roster predictions because I think, and this is something that I didn't, um, I don't know if people caught at the very beginning of of talking about joint practice, but Joe Reed sitting out on the sidelines, man, I I feel for that dude because I, I know he's, you know, he's squarely in a position battle right now with. Michael Bandy, I think, to to really, you know, push for that last receiving spot. I think the Chargers will probably end up going six deep at receiver. Again, that's a conversation we can have in our our roster predictions and what that could possibly look like. But yeah, Michael Bandy continues to show out. Um he, he just gives me like Austin Eckler 2017 vibes. Like this little dude Strong, super fast, super athletic, and just—I mean—could potentially be a great gadget piece, a great uh, addition to this to this offense. So something to keep an eye on for sure. Um, and yeah. yeah, I mean, it just seeing Joe Reed on the sidelines kind of—you know—makes us feel like you know Michael Bandy's separated even even more.
1: I heard that. I thought that uh I think Joe Reed was a little banged up today. I don't know if yeah. you saw that on the injury report, but again, uh, obviously he needs as much practice time as he needs in order to compete with Bandy at this point from what we saw from him from the first preseason game. But another quick highlight uh, from the receiving core, Josh Palmer, again, I feel like every episode we're mentioning his name, but he ran a route against Trayvon Diggs today. Um, you can tell that he, he mentioned in his interviews that he's been watching Keenan Allen film. He, he ran a nice little route, faked the outside step, and just ran ran to the other hash, uh, wide open for Justin Herbert. Ran a, just a beautiful route. Um, Josh Palmer, uh, breakout season coming. We've bought our stock. You know it's coming. So I know he's on I, good draft on your fantasy team because it's coming.
0: Yeah, I want to see. You know, I'll, I'm obviously going to wait the first couple of weeks to kind of see how his target share looks. Um, and, and this new off, well, not a new offense, but just in this offense, um, you know, I think it is important that he developed some chemistry with Herbert over towards the end of last year. I mean, just go back and look at the Raiders game. And I think that is probably, you know, more of the Josh Palmer that you're going to see and come to, to know this season. So, I mean, just super excited to watch the guy and, um, you know, when he actually has a, uh, <laughs> a legit, starting quarterback throwing the ball to him. Um, you know, I, I think we'll see some more receptions. I know he had a couple targets uh last weekend, but um, you know, I'll just I'll just leave it at that.
1: <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm both uh both me and you are really excited to see what that guy possesses. But I think that uh let's stay on the offensive side of the ball real quick and uh okay. let's talk about maybe a few negatives that we saw from practice today. Right tackle position did not look great today. Trey Pipkins did not have his best day. Again, yep. he was going he was going up against DeMarcus Lawrence and Michael Parsons. Not an easy task, but um pretty sure in their one-on-ones he went 1 and 3. Uh so that's not great to see. Rashawn Slater, however, at that left tackle absolutely locked DeMarcus Lawrence down. So, love to see that from yep. the second year already all pro. Uh, but yeah, so right tackle again seems to kind of be a huge topic of interest throughout this um, preseason, uh, before the season. I I think me and you still both believe that Pipkins will end up winning this job. He looked pretty decent in the preseason game last week, but again, now we today we saw him against some Pro Bowl All Pro um, edge rushers. Yeah. Um, what what do you think?
0: Well, the the positives I took away from it were. It's August, not September, so that was the first one, right? Um, you just you hope a guy like Pipkins with the competition that he's going up against daily, and guys like Khalil Mack, Joey Bosa, Chris Rumpf, and the competition of seeing guys uh, like today in a joint practice where you know you're seeing Micah Parsons, Demarcus Lawrence, like other you know top ten really edge rushers like. Uh, you know, Lucas said. So it's, you hope he can get gained from that and, and, and get better and, and use that experience. Um, you hope it's just not like a helpless, like, oh man, he sucks and he's going he's gonna to continue to get beat uh, once, you know, once it's uh, in a live game. Um, my whole take on it is, I think that like as great of an off season as the Chargers had, I think Chargers fans kind of like, distracted themselves from the fact that right tackle is still going to be an absolute liability whether it's trey pipkins or storm norton um i mean you hope they can play up to the best of their ability and 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 take strides forward and and all that stuff i mean you, you wish for that as a fan but also looking at it from like a realistic standpoint it's going to be an option and it's probably going to lose us a couple games at some point over the season, I'm not saying that the game winning, the game losing play is going to be their fault directly, but at some point down the stretch in a, in a crucial game, um, third and short, third and six, um, some of these guys are probably going to get beat, and you know Herbert's probably going to take a sack, and it'll be a drive killer, right? Um, I don't know what they could do going forward. I mean, they're pretty locked in at this point and I think it's just going to be another year of growing pains, honestly, on that side of the line. I think drafting Zion Johnson is really going to help. I think that really tightens things down, but yeah, I mean, both of them have not looked great in camp and I honestly don't even know who's winning this battle (laughs) at the moment. Like it's just a big, it's all still a big question mark and you know, um you know we got a couple of preseason games left to, to kind of figure out what what we're gonna do there
1: yeah i am I'm, I'm still i still think that pipkins can come into his own um hope, well, i mean i hope to god that he does and i still believe that he can uh, another dude that to look out for though that i know we've talked about is look out for Jamari Salyer. maybe he could take a step up that would be the only option maybe give him a chance obviously not yet not even close to to being that I'm not talking until maybe middle of the season if he's yeah my only thing front. with
0: that is and I don't know I'm not I obviously I'm not an offensive lineman I've never played any of the positions on the line but and I know every guy is different they have different opinions feelings towards it but like I just wonder how tough it is to switch mid season from like guard to tackle and in the NFL and and be expected to kind of come in and like be the answer because that's the thing, right. Is like maybe salt, maybe they move Sawyer over and he's just not it. You know, he's a lot more comfortable at guard, at least at this level. Um, and he's not an upgrade. Well, it's like, it it doesn't matter. Right. Um, unless he comes in and is like an actual upgrade. Like, and I question how, like how doable that would be realistically in the middle of a season. But like I said, every guy is different. Um, there are some success stories that that we've seen over time so it's not like it can't happen uh I, I think it's just it's super rare especially from a rookie so i think at this point i know we've talked about him earlier in the off season being the dark horse right tackle at some point this season but and it's still possible i mean he, he's a dark horse for a reason we couldn't emphasize that enough but i think they're probably just going to leave him at guard that's yeah. just my opinion
1: no, more more than likely, but it is something that I think like maybe if we get halfway through the season and you see that wow, this is a real, like this is a real liability here. It is it is an option that could be explored, possibly. So
0: yeah, and honestly, like outside outside of that, I mean the offensive highlights today. I think I mean that Herbert, those those couple of plays that Herbert, those throws that Herbert had to, like you said, Eckler. Um, Guyton in one on ones, DeAndre Carter in one on ones. I mean, um, he also had a nice pass to Keenan Allen over the middle where he was like wide open and, uh, you know, was able to, to get some more yards on the ground. So, I mean, Herbert being Herbert, um, the line was the right side of the line, anyways, was a little shaky. Um, but just didn't see there wasn't a ton to really, uh, gloat about when it came to the offense today. So, the defense definitely won the day. Um, you know they they have guys stepping up all over the place. Uh, you know they're they're competing not only for spots, but they're just they're bringing that you know level of competition to work every day, and it's really it's really paying off. I mean, everyone I get the sense that everyone on this roster wants to be on the defense. Like the defense is the cool side of the ball, and that's saying a lot. Even when you have Justin Herbert. Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, like all those guys on that side of the ball. I feel like, like people like this defense is, is legit. And it's, it's also just has so many characters on it that, you know, it's, it's fun to watch.
1: Something about something about the defense in those powder blues just hits harder than the offense in those powder blues. I don't know what it is. Maybe it's just,
0: the level of and that has, that's that like had. never the case. Like when have you ever been see, like more excited to see the defense come out versus like Justin Herbert coming out? Like
1: well, I wouldn't necessarily say that I still, you know, I still am pitching a 10 every single time that Justin <laughs> Herbert comes out of the huddle. But that's like the crazy, uh,
0: just the thought of it though is crazy. Like, cause that's never been the case, you know? So, um, yeah, it's just going to be so much fun to see Khalil Mack, Joey Bosa, JC, like it's going to be like in, in Avengers lineup coming out uh of the you know off the sideline every series. Um it's gonna be a lot of fun. But yeah, I just uh overall on the defense, I mean, what what were your thoughts today?
1: Yeah, defense looked pretty locked down. Um we've already we went through the highlights of what happened today. Defense looked really good and that's against the Cowboys offense that has a good leader. They got I guess C D Lamb didn't practice today. So that that is one no, thing he's
0: not practicing. But, I don't think yeah we won't see him yeah, at all all yeah, this week. Yeah. So yeah.
1: But uh, still, good offense there in Dallas. Um, Going on our offense, I'm not really too concerned about it. Um, You know, there's going to be days, especially when you're going against perennial all-pro pass rushers, um, that those Cowboys have. Um, Not too worried about it. Uh, Again, we highlighted some receivers. Receivers were making plays today. Eckler and Spiller were sounding like they were making plays. Justin Herbert's still making his throws it's just really one one spot on that offensive line that is a little eye opening but still nothing to be too yeah. concerned about um still being a month away from live NFL action i think
0: i, I here's a, i think i mean it's nothing to worry about i don't think you got to look at that position and be like oh fuck but it's also like i think fans need to start approaching like i'm all about not hyping yourself up to the point where you're going to let yourself down later. Right? So if I if I can like prevent that for for people or for other fans, um then I'll try to. Obviously not everyone's probably going to agree with me, but I think people need to start looking at the right tackle position as it's a it, we just one we just need them to be a serviceable right tackle and then understand what the word serviceable means in that definition. Where it's like yeah. You know, serviceable means that they're going to lose reps. They're going to give up sacks. They're also going to win reps, and they're also going to have moments of, wow, they look really good uh, in certain pass sets. But it's it's inevitable, right? There's inevitably going to be a moment this season, multiple moments, right, where it's either Storm Norton or Trey Pipkins, and they're getting beat on Sunday night football or Monday night football when, you know, it's the the game on the line so um it just is what it is you know i just i don't want people to to get too much on the hype train where they all of a sudden have this inflated sense of like oh these guys could be like pro bowlers it's like Nh. pump the brakes a little I,
1: bit i it down a little bit yeah so
0: so i mean it's just looking at it from both sides and i think kind of coming to a realization of yeah, this is a good team. This is a really good team on paper. They have the leadership. They have, you know, the staff, the coaching. And at the end of the day, it's a playoff team on paper. It should be a playoff team at the end of the season. And it should be a team that's, that's, uh, pushing for a Super Bowl. but you know, that, that doesn't mean they're there. Every team has their weaknesses, even the, uh, um, Fuck, who won the Super Bowl last year? I'm totally blanking. The Rams, even though the Rams won the Super Bowl, like they, they had areas on their roster that you know fans could probably talk about, like, oh, fuck yeah, that player was was not good. <laughs> like, it just it's yeah. it's the NFL that's going to happen. Yeah, hundred uh, um, percent.
1: You got any notes? Any other notes from camp today? I got one more thing I want to add, non related to camp or camp joint practice. You got anything else you want to add, real quick?
0: Um. T- 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 Oh, I also, uh, so we, shout, we shout out, shouted out JT woods earlier, but Bryce Callahan had a nice quiet little day. There had some nice pass breakups and one-on-ones and, um, uh, it's just quietly had a really good camp. So that's another positive. Um, but yeah, that was the last guy that I wanted to show some love to.
1: Yeah, for sure. Um looking forward to day two tomorrow. Uh, we'll try to get you guys some content over day two. Probably we'll probably mix, mix that in with um, talking about the uh, preseason game that's going on this weekend. So we'll just we'll add a few notes in um, quick before we get out of here. Popper dropped some news on us two days ago about a few players that the Chargers waived: um, Maurice French, Brandon Peters, uh, Skyler Thomas, uh, Forrest Merrill, and Isaac Weaver. So that trimmed their roster from ninety down to 85. Um yep. obviously I think out of those guys the bigger names are Maurice French and Forrest Merrill. Um yep. yeah, yeah, any, th- any thoughts on those?
0: Well, I think I saw Forrest Merrill did, uh he got put He on was injured, yeah. he was injured, but then they, so, then they waved him.
1: So I th-
0: okay. Yeah. Uh no, I mean Maurice French you know, I don't know where he really was in those wide receiver battles um you know, there's there's a lot of guys there, so, uh, you know, kind of sucks for him, but you know that's that's life in the NFL. So, uh, and Brandon Peters, I mean, he was never going to be on the squad, just knowing that we already have three quarterbacks. So, I mean, yeah, not, nothing too much there, there no,
1: but uh, yeah, no surprises there. Um, yeah. So, roster down to eighty five. It's got to be to fifty three, and when's that happen after the final preseason game?
0: Yeah. They'll, they'll, week by week, we'll see. I think we'll see like it'll cats dwindle every down week we'll, at this yeah, point. It'll, yeah,
1: it'll start dwindling down.
0: Yep. But so, that's
1: what I've got to add, um, you got anything else?
0: Yeah, I want to take a second and uh promote a few things that we here at Chargers Powder Hour have going on. So, um, one in, in honor to uh celebrate the Derwin James contract extension news. Um, we are doing a Derwin James Scherzi giveaway. And you might ask yourself, how do I enter said giveaway? Well, it's really easy. All you have to do is follow us on Twitter and Instagram. And even that's easy because we, we have the same handle for both. It's at Um, If you're on Twitter, like and retweet. If you're on um, Instagram, Follow us and uh, like our story, and reply with your desired shirt size. So you can DM us on Instagram, or you can reply to our tweet on Twitter with your desired shirt size. So in case you do win, we can ship you the uh, the right size shirt. Free t-shirts.
1: Yep. yep, free t-shirts. Who doesn't? Who doesn't love that? So yeah, go ahead. Hit us on the gram. Hit us on the tweeter. And uh, hopefully, a hopefully, you can get a free T-shirt out of it. Shout out Derwin James.
0: Yes, sir. Um, other than that, no. I mean, I just wanted to plug that real quick. Um, man, just a super exciting day to be a Charger fan. And um, hopefully, you know, tomorrow is even better. Yeah,
1: for sure. Um, with that, it is today is Wednesday, seventeenth. Next preseason game is uh this upcoming saturday so saturday. that makes that the 20th yes the 20th um we'll be covering that in our next episode along with probably how the rest of the joint practice goes again day two final day with the cowboys tomorrow on the 18th so with that that's all that i got thank you guys for listening
0: yeah thank you everyone for listening and supporting the show Uh, Once again, follow us if you haven't already on Twitter and Instagram at Powder Hour Pod LA. Uh, Don't forget uh, to leave us a review either on Spotify, Apple Podcast or wherever you're listening. Um, Helps us make the show better for you guys and uh, we just really appreciate your feedback. So please give us five stars. Otherwise, don't bother giving us a review. Um, Just kidding. You you can give us, be honest. Uh, But no, other than that, man, That's all I got, so we'll go ahead and get out of here. But uh, yeah, peace.